Welcome to the Swim Swim Podcast. I'm your host, Coleman Hodges. Joining me today, we've got a very special guest. She's a junior pan pack champion, world junior champion, multiple in each. Uh, coming to us from Brisbane, Australia today, we've got Lonnie Pallister. Lonnie, how's Hi. it going? Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm good. Let's start with the immediate past. Uh, you just had the Queensland Championships, which is a big meet for a lot of people. Tell, tell me, you, you had some very uh, big swims yourself, from our according to our headlines at least. Um, tell, give, give me your perspective on how the meet went for you. Yeah, it was a good meet. Um, I didn't really hit like PBs or anything like that. So on that aspect I wasn't like exactly happy but after the big year that we've had and everyone missing like three months of training and still being like in and out of the pool I'm pretty happy with where I'm sitting at the moment I think the only event that I PB'd in was the 50 freestyle and I was stoked but we won't talk about that because it's really not that great <laughs> um on but yeah, I <laughs> you got to swim the 50 freestyle yeah, I'm at 26 too. I was stoked, like, faster than I've ever been. I'm pretty sure I go out like 26 in the 100, but it's fine. <laughs> Dude, look out, Kate Campbell. <laughs> oh, stop. Emma McKinnon, coming for you. <laughs> um, but yeah, I swam 50 through to 1500. So I did every freestyle event there. Um, and yeah, like the times I swam were pretty decent. Like I went 824, which is only two seconds off my best in the 800. Um, 406, which was a second off. Um, I went 1605, which still beats my mom, which I was stoked about. Um, and it was seven seconds off that best time. But at the end of the week, I wasn't too disappointed with it. And considering I raced two weeks ago as well at National Short Course. So it's been a pretty big month and yeah, happy to be on Christmas break now. Yeah, you get the that was a, a fun turnaround for me as a swimming fan to just watch. Like you guys had a big meet, and then two weeks later you had another big meet. <laughs> that was yeah. <laughs> that was super cool. And then like you said, one short course, one long course. Okay, hold on a sec. Uh it beat your mom. Was your was your mom a swimmer too? Yeah, so my mom went to the Olympics in nineteen eighty eight and she swims or used to swim the exact same events that I swim. So like I used to be adamant that I was only ever gonna swim hundred and two hundred butterfly and we had this like qualifying meet in Brisbane this one day and I accidentally highlighted the 800 instead of the hundred flags. So she entered me in the 800 and I never swam one before and didn't ever plan on swimming one. <laughs> and then I got to this meet and she was like, so you've got the 800 soon. I was like, no, I don't like, I'm not swimming that. And she's like, well, you entered it. So then she made me swim it. And I ended up going like, I think nine seventeen when I was 14. So I wasn't like too disappointed with it. But I was still like, I'm not swimming another one. Like, it's just not a chance. And she was like, well, you qualified for states, so you have to. So then I saw one at states, and I went 901. She's like, oh, you qualified for nationals. You're going to do it again. And then, yeah. So then it's just, like, kept rolling on. I'm still swimming them and pretty stoked now considering how well I've gone in those distances. But she, up until last year, she still beat me in the 8 and 15. Like, she went 824 and I think 16 or 4 or 5 maybe, one of the above. Oh, man. That's yeah. in, in the eighties did it. Yeah. So, she, so she was legit. Yeah. That's, no, suit, none of that. Like 88 <laughs> when they had their little, like basically training tog, she shows me photos right. of how something, and there's a couple on the internet as well. And I'm like, she had suit. She'd probably still beat me. 
<laughs> well, it, you're improving. You still got time. <laughs> yeah, but so young, so young. <laughs> so that's impressive. I mean, I knew I knew your mom was your coach, which we'll we'll get into later. I didn't realize she also swam and was that caliber of a swimmer, which is man that's that's good genetics right there that's what that yeah. is yeah my dad was an iron man so he did like the uncle toby series he did triathlons he used to swim like in the pool when he was younger and was like really good when he was young but he said the pool was boring and surf was more fun whereas like i'm the opposite now i used to be in love with surf life saving was adamant that i was just going to do that um mm. and then i think there was one meet where i think i was leading like four or five events and by like 30 meters and people would just catch waves over the top of me. And I was like, nah, that's it. I'm done. There is full swimming, sticking with it. And I'm really enjoying it now, which is awesome. Like I'll never like fully get rid of surf lifesaving because it's really fun, but I think swimming's got my heart now. Surf lifesaving. What is uh, That's not, that's not a term we have here in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it's like in the ocean and there's three, there's like four main disciplines like in the ocean. So there's like just like a swim and it's a 400 meter swim. And there's like, I think it's, I don't even know what the dimensions are of the course, but it's pretty standard, like every meet. Um, and then there's like a board race where you like do the board around like different set of cans and then a ski where you like sit on it like a kayak. And then there's another race that like combines the three of them, but it's yeah confusing if you don't, I like, haven't grown up with it or like seen it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'll be on. I have no idea what you're saying, but that okay. sounds really fun. We <laughs> <laughs> can just skip that then. <laughs> uh, no, that's, I mean, it, so it's basically like a triathlon. What I'm getting, it's a triathlon, yeah. but with within the ocean. Yeah. All, all ocean related things. Yeah. That's yeah, that, how to explain it. <laughs> the, I, w- I, would f- I would go for that too over swimming. Yeah. That sounds fun. <laughs> Pretty much everyone in Australia knows what like nippers is like it's almost everywhere like on if you live on like a coastline then mm-hmm. you do stuff life saving which is like all of Australia yeah well just a massive island so yeah <laughs> <laughs> um yeah I just I recently got this map of the world yeah and uh I was I was taking a peek at Australia and it's like wow yeah this is really just like coastline <laughs> and then, <laughs> the yeah. <laughs> anyway, we're getting way off track. Yeah. Um, okay. Take me, take me back two weeks. Um, you, so, so you had a, a solid short course, sorry, you had a solid long course meet. I didn't realize you didn't go best times. I just saw the headline. You, you broke an age record. So I was like, Oh, that's awesome. She went a best time. Okay. And then just like, like our age records, some, you know, sometimes you age up and then you go the fastest at that age, but it's not your best time. Yeah. So I was seven seconds off my best. So for the 1500, my best time is a 1558. And I swam that last year at junior world. So then the age record for this was 1606, maybe. I'm not sure what it was. I didn't even realize it was like that. I thought Tracy or someone would have had like a little bit lower, but I was pretty stoked to get it. Um, it made me feel like a little bit better after I'd finished the race. Cause I was like, Oh, like I went plus seven and over 1500 is not that far. And then I saw the record and I was like, well, I'm still kind of doing something right. If I'm able to break like Australian age group records and that sort of thing. It's a nice little, uh, yeah. bonus <laughs> victory. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's cool. So it seems like you had a, a solid 
long course meet. Tell me about the short course meet. How did that go for you? It was really interesting. So the first event for me was the 800 and that was on a Saturday morning. And like, I've never swam like an 800 really early in the morning. Like normally here, we just do timed finals for like 800s long course and stuff. Mm-hmm. But because of COVID, we had to come like squash the meet into two days. So we had four sessions. And in those four sessions, I had to swim a two, four, eight and 15. So like it was a lot of racing in two days. Um, yeah. So the first event was the eight. And then I had the 400 that afternoon. Sunday morning was a 200 free. And then Sunday afternoon was a 1500. Um, so Saturday morning I went eight ten, which I broke the Australian record in as well, which I'd broken a couple of weeks prior when I went eight eleven. I really wanted to go sub eight ten, but like it's fine next time. Um, and then I'm not mad. <laughs> no, I'm fine really. <laughs> and then I had so the four hundred that afternoon. I think I went four oh two, but I went through the eight hundred and four oh one. So I don't know. I just kind of didn't swim it very well. Yeah. So just not right. And then. The 200 the next morning, I think I went 156, which was still good. But I went through the 800 and like 159. I'm just like not like shorter distances at the moment, like aren't my thing. Um, But then the 1500 was my last event. And I went 1528 and I broke the Australian record in that, which Maddie Goff had set a couple weeks before. But I went through the 800 of the 1500 in 810, which was the Australian record. And I was like, why can't I do the shorter distances like faster? Like I may as well just start something open water at the rate I'm going. (laughs) I, <laughs> it's so just, weird. just flip at the 1500 and see how fast you can maintain <laughs> just keep going <laughs> um that's really interesting i have so many questions so with with covid and people taking time out of the water you would kind of i i would kind of expect the opposite you know you would think people's speed yeah. would be the first thing to come and then that aerobic base maybe come later yeah. What, what do you, how do you analyze that as well? My, my aerobic base or my distance is really good right now, uh, but I can't get the speed. Yeah. So I was pretty lucky over COVID where I live. So I'm like an hour away from Brisbane, but it's still like in that area. Um, we weren't really affected. I think we had maybe 20 cases and that was it. Um, and they were all like 30 minutes away from me anyway. So I was still able to go to the beach and swim because like the ocean here doesn't really get that cold in winter. Um, so I was swimming at the beach once a day. I was going up to a pool up in Prigian, which is like 20 minutes from my house. Um, and we were able to hire out like a lane. So you had to be only one person in the lane, which was really nice. Um, and I'd swim 4K every day. So I didn't really have like a massive break, but I wasn't doing like the normal training I'd be doing anyway. Um, so I came back pretty fit, like obviously not as fit as what I would have been if I had three, like didn't have the three months off, but, um, I went straight back into training. And I think within a month, I was pretty much like back on the cycles I used to be at. So my aerobic base wasn't really that affected because I was still swimming like doubles pretty much every day. Um, and I was struggling with speed well, was struggling with speed because I'd just be going like kilometers and wasn't doing like max fifties or like hundreds best average. Like it was kind of just, okay, do 4k, keep the shoulders rolling over, like make sure that when I do go back, I'm not going to get any injuries or that sort of thing. So I think aerobically I was really fit, but because I hadn't been using like my ATP system and that sort of like anaerobic base, I was, yeah, but I'm getting better now. So that's right. (laughs) Okay. So that, 
that kind of answers that question of of what your COVID situation looked like. I've <laughs> I've I've asked everyone because everyone's is so different. You're yeah. no exception, obviously. So you got to do ocean swims. You got to swim in a pool. Um, and do you think that, I mean, it seems like that was beneficial. Do you think that was a good thing for you just to, you're still doing doubles, but it was very different than, you know, maybe what a normal training schedule would have looked like for what, four, six months. Yeah. Um, well, when it first like got shut down, everything was shut down. So we had beaches end up being closed because people were like, well, I'm not allowed to do anything. So I'm going to go to the beach and go for a walk. So mm-hmm. there was like more people on the beach, like when we were meant to be in lockdown than when there would be, if we weren't in lockdown, cause people were like, Oh, like I need my hour of activity, which is good. But it was also like probably not the best thing to be doing. So then we had yeah. beaches and like car parks near the beach shut so that people couldn't go when it was really bad. Um, but one of my like family friends, Lisa Curry, and like Grant Kenny. So they used to have, Lisa used to train in like a pool at her house. Um, and I was lucky enough that her ex-husband Grant let me like swim in their pool. And it was a 25 meter pool. It was just one lane. And I would go and swim over there like once a day, um, just like having fun there. That was for the first month. And then everything started to slowly open, which was super, super cool because obviously like I missed it. And I think COVID was good for everyone because it gave everyone a chance to actually like realize how much they love the sport. And like, you do miss training, even though you complain about it every single day and every single session. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think it, it, it gave some perspective and that's super cool that you were able to keep your feel, keep your aerobic base, but just in some different ways, it sounds yeah. like, which, so would, would, do you have a preference of short course or long course? I like short course 1500s, but long course everything else. Okay. I don't so, know why I find the 1500 long course like really hard. <laughs> don't have to convince me. <laughs> uh, so with that short course 1500, you broke the Australian record. I mean, how do you analyze that swim? Do you, do you, were you happy with that? Was that good for you? Yeah, I was pretty stoked. So I only did like a half taper for that meet. So on the Thursday, which was, I think, eight days before we competed, I did a broken 1500 in training and I had to go five, four, like a 500, 400, 300, 200, 100 in short course meters. Um, and when I did that, my time added up to, I think, like 1525. And then I went to 1528, like continuous racing. So I was pretty close to it, which I thought was pretty cool as well. Um, and it was funny because Mrs. like Reinhardt, who's the main sponsor of Swimming Australia. She's amazing. She was watching on the final night. And before it, I like before I raced and like just after I'd warmed up, I saw her and I waved and I was like, oh, like, hi, how are you? And then before I dived in, like I was just looking in the stands as you do, like when you're not concentrating what you're about to swim, I saw her sitting there and I was like, oh no. <laughs> I was like, now I'm just going to be thinking about her the whole time I'm racing. Um, and I dived in and I went, through the 400 at like 402 again so still faster than my individual 400 and I was like I still have like 1.1k left like I have so far to go and I didn't want to embarrass myself because I was like this no this could just like end really badly so and that was like the most most I'd ever hurt after a race like I felt sick for two three days like didn't want to eat didn't want to do anything like I felt so nauseous but um, I think seeing her like while I was swimming was super cool and like super good for me because I wasn't actually thinking about how much I was hurting. I was like, just be impressive. <laughs> <laughs> just 
don't look bad. Just start look bad right now. <laughs> For 15 and a half minutes. <laughs> yeah, and it's fine. <laughs> wow. Uh, <laughs> that's wild. And I didn't think I was going that fast. Like I could see my, like Janelle, my mom, who's also my coach, and Michael Ball, like standing on the side of the pool, like aggressively waving. And I was like, this is really good or really bad. <laughs> I was like, there's no like in between. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that's yeah, that's a that's a pretty sweet swim. Uh, yeah. Congrats on your Thank Australian you. records. Uh, so so you you have these two meets. We've we've covered your COVID situation. Um, you recently made a move. Uh, tell me about that and what you know what went into all that for you. Yeah, so. We only just like, we haven't actually moved down there yet. We start in on the Gold Coast, which is like an hour south of Brisbane um, on January 4th. So I haven't like officially moved to Griffith yet. So my mom's still going to be my coach down there. Yeah, officially, but we're there. Um, so my mom's still going to be my coach and I'm going to be working with her and Bowley. So I'm with them like before with my mom had moved. This is confusing. Sorry. Before my mom had been offered the job, I was swimming two weeks with Bowley and two weeks with my mom. Um, my mom's squad on the Sunshine Coast, there's a lot of surf, like life-saving athletes, as I was talking about before. And it was hard for me. Like I love all of them, but it was really hard for me considering I wanted to be a pool swimmer and I have like aspirations of being one of the greatest um, Australian distance swimmers of all time and wanting to go to the Olympics next year and swim really well and like all that sort of thing. So she sent me down my mom sent me down to Griffith for a month um, in, I think it was August or September. I was really struggling here, like mentally. I wasn't enjoying training because I was super negative because I wasn't swimming well. And she was kind of just like, you need a break and sent me down there. And Bolly was happy to have me for the month. And I got to swim with Emma McKeon and Tom Fraser Holmes and David McKeon. And it was a lot of fun. Like they kind of took me under their wing and were just like, okay, like you need to be on top of yourself. And I cried every session for the first two weeks, every single session. And it wasn't because like, he was like, it's not that Bowley was mean. It was just me like struggling. I was like, oh my God, like this is a lot harder than like I've been training and a lot harder than like I thought it was going to be. And I missed home and I missed my mom and my friends. Um, and we had time trials, I think first or second week that I was down there, everyone in Queensland got to, uh, together in Brisbane. And I think we did a 500, a 300, 150, 150. Um, and I did, did everyone do that? There was quite a few. So like the TSS girls, like Kia Melverton went, um, Maddie Goff went, Karina Lee went, um, Dean's squad went. So there was like heaps of people, like different squads that came and did it. I think it was one of the first, like they tried to make it look like we were racing, but mm. we weren't tapered or anything. Um and yeah, I swam so slow. I think I went like 525 for the 500 and the other girls went like 510. And I was just like, oh, no. I was like this is not good. <laughs> um, and then I had, when, when was this? I think around August or September. Okay. All right. so it was like after, I think it was a month after we were like allowed back in the water or maybe a month and a half. Okay. Um, and yeah. And then, so I had a chat with him that afternoon and he was like, obviously that's not how you wanted to swim. And I was like, yeah, like, that was embarrassing. And I was kind of mortified because I was like, everyone's going to think I'm so bad and just swimming bad. And it kind of put me in like a negative headspace, but he put a spin on it that made me feel a little bit better about myself. And he was like, well, technically you can't get any worse. I was like, this is, this is correct. (laughs) 
Um, and then I went back and trained with him for two more weeks that took me to the four week block and I had to make a decision and swimming Australia kind of got involved as well. And they said, well, are you going to stay with your mom full time? Are you going to move to Bowley full time? I was like, well, I don't want to leave my mom, but I still want to train with Bowley. So then I kind of just suggested, well, why don't I go part-time with both? And I think that's one of the best decisions that I've ever made for my health, like mental health and just like being an athlete, like my whole life, I've been so different. Like I need stimulation and I need it to be fun and different. Like I can't just go in and do the exact same thing every day. Hence why surf life saving is kind of like an outlet for me. Um, so I get to go and have like two different families at the pool and two different, like completely different environments, which I've absolutely loved. And it got to, when did she get offered? We went to Cairns two weeks before we had short course. So it would have been six weeks ago now. Um, and the first week I was up there, Bowley kind of pulled me aside and was like, I need to have a chat to you. And I was like, oh no, what did I do? <laughs> I thought I was going to get in trouble. Um, and he was like, so, um, sorry, Chris Wright, who was the other um, coach at Griffith at the time, his wife, Melanie Schlanger, who was also an Olympian, um, has just finished her medical degree. And she was offered a job on the sunshine coast to work like on the sunny coast, which was where I lived. And then I was like, <laughs> okay, I don't know why you're telling me this. Yeah. So then, um, after that, he was like telling me about all that situation. I was like, I kind of feel like I know where this is going, but I'm also like, not quite sure. And then he was like, how would you feel if like your mom was off of the job? And I was like, Oh my God, this is great. Like I get to move, I get to move to the Gold Coast, start fresh. Um, and I was really excited and I was excited for my mom because it's such a great opportunity for her considering Michael Ball is one of the best coaches in Australia and the world. Like he's had so many like international Olympic gold medalists and has different people from like different countries come and train with him on camps. Like I've been there when Joseph Schooling has come over, Diaceto was over. Like it's just like an amazing squad. And then so for her to have that opportunity, I'm super, super excited for her, but I'm excited for both of us to be able to kind of work with him as well. So she was offered that. Chris is now swapping. Chris Wright is going and working where my mum worked and mum's just going down there. So it's just flipped. And <laughs> so mum and Chris are really good friends as well. And yeah, so it's kind of been like really weird. It was a weird way to end the year, but I think it's good for both of us. And we finished States and mum and Chris swapped shirts. So I had, I love like oversized shirts. I'm not sure if anyone else like just loves wearing massive oversized club shirts but I had like a men's extra large or a large or something and Chris was like oh like Janelle we can't take a photo and I was like hold on a minute yeah you can <laughs> so he put on my shirt and mum put on his and I took a photo so now they're like different colors and just like completely swapped but it's super cool <laughs> funny how life works out that's oh, that is so super weird. cool yeah um and so how like do you know how many people live in Gold Coast a lot. It's fairly like, it's pretty much a city without officially being a city. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So, so I mean, for you personally, like outside of swimming wise, sounds like a win-win for you, you know, like yeah. personally, I don't know, like, are you in school, your friends, like, are you happy with that move just from a, from a you as a person perspective? Yeah. So Sunshine Coast and Gold Coast are fairly similar. So Sunny Coast, um, is like beaches and like it's a little bit more laid back than the Gold Coast is but 
I'm going to be going down and I'm still going to be living like 500 meters from a beach. I'm going to be able to go and try and tan. I've just, I've got really burnt two weeks ago and peeled. And then I got burnt again on Sunday and my back's going to peel, but it's fine. Um, my friends have all been really supportive. I'm out of school now. So I'm currently in university, which is really exciting because I get to start like doing something I really want to do as well. Um, but yeah, like a lot of my friends have been really supportive. All of them do sports and on the Gold Coast or like in Brisbane all the time. So it's not like I'm never going to see them. Um, and I have quite a few friends on the Gold Coast that are excited for me to move down. And my mom has friends that she's known for like 20 years that are going to be on the Gold Coast as well, that she's finally going to be able to catch up with and hang out with all the time. So I am sad that I'm leaving. Like when my mom and I announced to the, like the squad that I'm currently in that we were moving to the Gold Coast, I just like started crying. Like I didn't think I was going to cry. I didn't think I'd have a problem with it. I was just sitting there bawling. And everyone was like, what's wrong? I was like, I'm not going to see you every day. <laughs> but um, no, it's good. And I'm going to drive back to the sun. It's a two hour drive. So it's not that bad. So I'm going to drive back and visit friends all the time and, you know, just have fun. Yeah. Okay. So this sounds like a, a very cool thing. Uh, yeah. So it so seems like a positive move. So congratulations. Yeah. Oh, cool. thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so you're going to, it's, you were going to, you know, split the time, do, do half with bull half with your mom. Now, now you just be with both full time, which yeah. seems like a good transition. Um, but let's, I mean, I think a lot of swim swimmers know this, but maybe a, a, a surely a lot more don't you were coached by your mom for a long time. Still yeah. will be, but, uh, when did that start? And tell me how, how you felt about it throughout the years. Um, I honestly think my mom taught me to swim. So I was born in Sydney, which is not in Queensland. Mm -hmm. um, and her old, I used to swim at her old pool with Dick Kane, which was her old coach. So there's photos of me like crying, like screaming, crying in the pool. Like just not wanting to be there at all. Love at first um, sight. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's great. <laughs> Never did I think I'd be a swimmer. Um, and then, yeah, so I moved up to Queensland when I was three years old. And we started in this like little 25 pool, which is like a 15 minute drive from my house. Um, and mum wasn't a swimming coach at this point. Like she was a flight attendant, loved her job, but had to quit because like she had me and my brother. Um, sorry. Hold your brother. <laughs> He's 19. He turns 20 in March. And you're 18? Yeah. Then I turn okay. 19 next June. Um, okay. Okay. Yeah. So we were like three and then she was like, quit our job. She was taking us to swimming lessons. And then this one day they were like, oh, like we don't have a coach here. Janelle, like, do you mind filling in? We know your background. We know you're an Olympian. We know you can swim. Like, do you mind <laughs> we filling know. in? We know. <laughs> um, and she was like, Oh, and they were like, it's just like this one time. She's like, yeah, okay. This is one time I'm not coaching ever. Like I don't want to be a coach. And then of course she did really well. Yeah. Did really well. All the kids loved her. The parents <laughs> loved her. And then she came back the next week and they were like, oh, Jamal, like, do you mind filling in again? She was like, just one more time. Like, this is it. Just one more. I'm just picturing then, like all the kids going <laughs> bet lifetime bests like that yeah. day in practice. <laughs> like, no, you're on. <laughs> um yeah so then I think a couple of weeks after they're like uh the other coach wasn't coming back Janelle do you want to like fill in full time and she was like oh okay but I just want to do learn to swim like I don't want to like be a coach like I just want to do learn to swim help some of the kids like give back a little bit 
And then I moved into her squad and I, yeah, let's be real. She always wanted to be a coach. (laughs) (laughs) Wanted to get up at five o'clock every day for 32 years. Who doesn't? (laughs) Look, I don't know. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so then she filled in that role. I started swimming with her. And then after she did learn to swim, they were like, do you want to do the mini squads? And she was like, okay, but that's it. Just mini squads. And so she started coaching the mini squads. And as like, we kept progressing, like, I think we'd go to like regional carnival, like little carnivals that you just like go to and have fun. And then I think I qualified for state. And then she ended up coaching different athletes that went to state. And then after state, she coached athletes that went to nationals and school state teams. And she was, she never thought like she'd go from learn to swim to coaching like a junior world champion. So it's pretty cool for her. And it was like, it's funny when she talks about it all the time, she's like, I never thought I was going to be coached. I'm like, yeah, but mum, it's so much fun. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was a little bit weird like that. So I've been swimming with her since probably three months old and she's offered to, like, she's always told me, like, if I want to move squads, I'm able to, like, she's not going to be the person that is going to shelter me and hold me back. And it's like, well, no, like I only want you to be successful with me. Like she's been so supportive my whole life and my whole career and being like, you need to do what makes you happy. And if you don't think that I'm going to be able to make you an Olympian or the best person that you can be, then there's no point you staying with me and like, you're able to move on. And I've just never really thought that I needed to. And like, I'm still swimming well and yeah. So still with her. (laughs) Swim parents take notes. This is how you do it. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Whether you're a coach or not, I think the number one thing I, you know, I, I coach, I talked to not at your mom's level, but <laughs> not there yet. But, you know, it's like I talk to coaches all over the world. Everyone, it's like, okay, number one thing for swim parents, you need to let your kids go. <laughs> you need to, you need to yeah. let them grow, not put expectations on them. Just yeah. let them have fun. You, you guys' age group meets are called carnivals, for God's sake. Ours <laughs> are just swim meets. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's like the best marketing tool I've ever heard. Call the yeah. meets carnivals. They're trying to make it sound fun, but the yeah, look. <laughs> <laughs> well, it does. I like if I was a little kid and I was like, "Oh, hey, it's time to go to the swim carnival." I'd be like, "Yeah, sign me up." <laughs> that sounds awesome. Anyway, sorry, I'm I'm getting sidetracked. Yeah. <laughs> so your mom sounds like she knows what's up. Uh, yeah. So, so she gave you the reins all the way, but she followed you. Um, so I got to ask, you know, where does, where does coach mom and mom, mom, uh, you know, it's like, how, how do those two interact? Yeah. So when I was younger, like, yeah, this is like really bad on my behalf. When I was like probably 13 to 15, I was like a little brat. I was so rude at training. I was disrespectful, like as you go through those teenage years. And my mom and I would used to get into like screaming matches on pool deck. Like she'd say something to me, I'd roll my eyes and she'd be like, okay, get out. So I just start yelling back at her. And I thought it was acceptable because she was my mom. And I was like, oh, like, it's fine. Whatever. I can get away yeah. with it. Yeah. Um, and now that I'm looking back at it, I was like, I don't know how she put up with me. But um, there was this one session and I think I'd annoyed her and she didn't want to speak to me, but I like wanted to ask her questions and she was just ignoring me. And I was like, mom, and she'd just like keep her back. And I was like, mom, and she was like ignoring me. So I just yelled and I was like, Janelle. <laughs> and she turned around cause she thought it was another swimmer, but it was me. And I was like, oh, I got her attention. <laughs> um, 
And then from that point on, I was kind of like, well, if I call her Janelle, like she's going to have to answer me. So now at the pool, I call her Janelle or Nelly. Like I'm, that's her nickname with me. Like, so I call her them and then at home, I'll call her mum. So it kind of like differentiates the person for me because if I'm talking to her as mum, like I'm talking about, oh, I have this drama going on in life and oh, like I really want to do this, but like I can't be bothered. And she's more like just my mum and I don't bring the swimming into it. And at home, like she's not allowed to bring up swimming unless like I bring it up. So she can't just come up and be like, oh, like, did you see this? And you should go and watch this to improve your technique and that sort of thing. Like, unless I'm saying, oh, my left arm is like not holding onto the water that well. What do you think? She's not going to bring it up. And my dad's the same. Like he's learned not to bring things up with me with swimming unless like I want to talk about it. And it happens with like all my friends as well. They'll just start talking about swimming or being like, oh, like how are the Olympics? And like, what's all that going to happen? I'm like, I just want a life outside of the pool. And I feel like a lot of athletes are like that as well. So she's been really good in kind of being able to split them and be mum at one point and be coach at another. Parents, take notes. This, <laughs> this is the stuff. This is where, this is how the magic happens. Uh, that's awesome. And it, yeah. I mean, such a cool, such a, such a small thing, but such a cool device to, you know, call your mom Janelle or Nelly. It's <laughs> like to, to yeah. literally to actually separate them because that, you know, I don't know, that might seem like, okay, that does that really make a difference? But I feel like it would. I feel like it's it'd like make a big two difference. Personalities. It's like two different people in like one person. <laughs> yeah, because I like, feel I like say, geez, yeah. If I'm at the pool, like there was one session she brought something from home into the session, and I was like, I don't know why you're talking to me about this right now. Like, I think it was something about her phone. She's like, Did you bring my phone from home, or where did you put my phone at home? And I was like, I'm swimming. Stop. <laughs> but um, she's really good at it as well, and I think everyone else is starting to kind of look at it and be like wow, that actually kind of works. So I think it's cool. And I really enjoyed using it as kind of differentiating and yeah, it works for me. So I, we've seen throughout the years, you know, uh, partners, romantic partners, coach and athlete relationship, whether it's husband and wife, or, you know, I, I, I'm sure there's, there's countless, countless examples of coach or of parents coaching their children, et cetera, et cetera. You know, you have these, these odd couples of, of coach athlete, but I've never heard that tactic of, of actually calling them, calling them a different name. And to me, that's just genius. Um, yeah. you, you're a genius is <laughs> <Try my best. laughs> um, that's really cool. Yeah. yeah I, I really like that. And so, you know, like you said, 13 to 15, I, th I think those are just hard years to be around your parents anyway, but when you're around them that much, I'm, I'm sure uh, that it, it can, it can be a little more f frustrating, throw a little more fuel on that flame. Um, but you know, as, as you started rising to prominence within your swimming, um, you know, you went to world junior champs in 2017 and then junior pan packs 2018 you won like 15 medals and then junior world junior champs 2019 you won the exact same amount of medals um how how was how did your relationship grow through your kind of international your rise on the international stage yeah so we in 2017 when i qualified for my first junior team 
I think that really qualified because Ariane had pulled up. So Ariane had made the senior team and wasn't going to go to Junior Worlds and Senior Worlds that year. And fair enough, like she's such an amazing athlete. And like she could have done both, but I think being away for that much of the year, and I think she was in year 12 as well, would have been hard for her. So I pretty much made that team that year by default. Um, And I was really sad because I didn't swim as well as I wanted to at those nationals. And I went home sitting on the bed with like, I don't even, I think I was eating chicken nuggets. Maybe I was just like really sad. Um, and I get this phone call from swimming. Oh, mom got a phone call from swimming Oz. And they're like, Hey, like, is Lani still around at the pool? And she was like, no, why would she be? And they were like, Oh, like she's qualified for the team. Is she able to come back and take a photo? And mom was like, came into my room and told me, and I was still sitting there with my chicken nuggets. And she was like, Oh, like you've made the team. Do you want to go back? And I was like, Oh, yeah but it's like a 25 minute drive and then so we didn't end up going back like I just sat there <laughs> was stoked that I'd made the team but we were both just like uh. um so my mom initially wasn't selected as a coach so I was about to go like to America without having like any sort of family come with me and I was like oh okay <laughs> um and then was so the the meet just sorry meet was in Indianapolis that year world yeah. junior championships 2017 was that your first time in America no, my best friend moved to America in 2014. So she was born in England, moved to Australia, and then they decided they're going to go live in America. Um, and they lived in California, which was really nice. So my family just decided we were going to go on a family holiday and go visit them. And we went to California. And I think we went to Las Vegas just because why not? And like 12-year-old me didn't know like anything about Las Vegas or any of that. So I went in and touched one of the poker tables because my mom was buying a chip for my grandma because my grandma had always wanted to go to Vegas mm-hmm. um and then I got escorted out by security obviously because I was this 12 year old in the casino touching the table and I got in a lot of trouble and I was like I'm never coming back <laughs> that was like the first time my first experience in America was like that um and like okay. we went to Santa, okay. yeah Santa Monica did all that like touristy things mm-hmm. yep um and then yeah junior worlds were in Indianapolis and so like initially she wasn't selected on the team and then one of the coach's wife's was either pregnant or having surgery and she my mom got another call from swimming Oz and they're like hey like this coach has had to pull off is there any chance like you'd be able to take time off and like come and join us and she was like let me ask Lani <laughs> so she came and asked me and like asked what I thought of it and I was like yeah obviously like I want you to come away with me um so that me she wasn't actually like my away coach she left me with Sean Crow who coaches um in Brisbane as well and she was kind of just like observing from the sidelines, like doing her thing with her squad that she was looking after, like making sure I was fine, but wasn't like coaching me while I was over there. And I think I swam, I think I went like 16.30 or 16.38 in the 1500 and 8.44 maybe or 8.40, something like that. Um, and then we came home, we're stoked, like great meet, super happy is like swimming those times as a 15-year-old. Um, and then age nationals came around the next year and I think I won the hundred through to the 1500 that year at age nationals. And I'd qualified first for the four, eight and 15 and I was second in the 200. So then they put me in the four by two relay and then they put me in the heat swim of the four by one relay. And I was like, Oh, this is really short. Like four by one is a really short race. (laughs) Um, And then for that meet, that year was the same year as Commonwealth Games and Pan Pack. So I missed the Australian senior team by one place for Commonwealth Games. 
And then I went to Pan Pax trials and the exact same thing happened. Like I just missed the team, but it was fine. Cause I had like junior Pan Pax as my fallback. Um, and I swam. Plan B. Yeah. Plan. Still like plan A, but not like plan A plus, but it's fine. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. a great way to put it. Yeah. So then I peak like massive PBs at junior Pan Pax. I think I dropped like 30 seconds in my 1500 and went 1608. Um, and I went 820 nine or 27 something like that so if I had us on those times like for those meets and I would have qualified for um Commonwealth Games or Pan Packs, but that's fine because I didn't swim it on the day and that's my fault um and then the next year rolled around mum was on that team as well so she was actually my coach that year and she looked after me did everything with me did my taper like all of that things that like you do like at a domestic meet, but was actually like there with me internationally, which was super cool. And I keep getting to travel the country, uh, travel the world with my mom. And then I went to Asian nationals the next year and I won the hundred through to 1500 again. So I qualified for juniors. Um, and everyone was pretty like certain that I was going to qualify for the senior team. But once again, I missed it by one spot and that's fine. Um, <laughs> I'm not sad about it. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten then, over it. <laughs> yeah, I swear I've gotten over it. <laughs> so then this was the third team that she'd been selected on to be a coach. And it was like my last year to do juniors. Um, and it was in Budapest and she'd been to Budapest before. She's been to pretty much like everywhere in the world because she was a flight attendant. Um, and they'd asked her to be a coach on that team. So then she looked after me and I think I was in a group with I don't even remember who she was coaching with me. A couple from St. Peter's, Tom Hall, like pretty good group. Like everyone that I've ever been on teams with are super, super awesome people. Um, and then, yeah, so went away last year at sen- the senior team trials. I broke her record in the 1500 for the 17 years. She didn't even know she had it. Like she had no, <laughs> yeah. she had no idea. And then I had people messaging me like that night being like, you just broke your mom's record. And I went up to mom, I was like, apparently I broke your record. She's like, I had no idea I had a record and it was 32 years old. So she thought it was awesome that she'd had it for that long, but I thought it was awesome. Cause I broke it. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, so we went away on that meet as well. And that was our last like junior meet together. Um, and I swam really well. Like I'm really happy. I ended it on a positive note. Like I won three gold medals and broke three championship records in the four, eight and 15. I got second in the 200 free, um, we, oh, we got second in the four by one and the four by two. So it was just like a pretty positive meet and like a really good way to end like the junior scene and a pretty good way to end like juniors with my mom still as my coach. So, yeah. Uh, give me a, give me a little insight. You know, you mentioned you met Claire Tuggle, Mariah Dennigan at, uh, at, at these meets throughout the years. I mean, just give me a little insight into the social scene of the junior meets you've been able to go to. Yeah. So I think 2017, I, so I was really, I was 15. I was really young. Didn't mingle at all. Like, I don't think I talked to anyone. Oh, I talked to Chase Travis, who's also American. Yeah. Um, and she saw the exact same events as me. She was super cool. And she's probably one of like the closest friends that I have that swims internationally. Um, and then junior Pam packs, most of the friends I've made like from overseas are all American. Don't know. They just are. Um, maybe I want to come over. Who knows? <laughs> Vegas um, sounds good. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, a lot of them are American. So Chase is probably one of the only people that I do still keep in contact with from 2017 and the Aussies, obviously. 
2018 was junior pan pack. So there was less people there, but majority of the friends that I made there were still American. Like I'd met um, Carson and Jake Foster. I think they were both there. Um, And like Australia, I don't know why we had this massive, like all the whole Australian team had this massive infatuation with the Fosters, just the way like the guy announced their name. And we'd walk around just being like, faster on three. <laughs> so we thought it was so funny. And like, because I think the Amer- announcer was American as well. And we like listen to your accents and just think they're so funny or like so weird. And how like each different state like has a slightly different accent. But we think our accents are normal. But we like, I think we sound really bogan and I hate our accents, but it's fine. Um, uh, yeah, then- see, like we we love your accents and we think we just sound like backwater hicks no we say things and we like change t's to like sound like a d yeah we just don't even like pronounce things properly or the way they're meant to be pronounced but it's okay (laughs) well and i Um, also totally relate because the uh the usa also has an infatuation with the foster siblings yeah, they're pretty cool. We think they're, <laughs> we, we think they're great. But yeah, I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry. Continue. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't weird, I promise. <laughs> if they watch this, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, and then 2019, I think it was the year that I talked to the most people. Like the first, so we had a staging camp in Slovakia. So we were complete, like it was just Australia that was there. So that's when like the whole Australian team got super close. That was like a really fun staging camp. And then we went to Budapest and we were staying in the same hotel as I think like Britain, New Zealand, um, Singapore. There was like a couple of us there, but there weren't like heaps and heaps. And I remember one morning, everyone was like, oh, like we're going to go to breakfast. And I walked down and like where we were eating, like all the Kiwis were already there and all the Aussies just went and sat on there and I was like, no, I'm going to go mingle. So I started talking (laughs) to all the Kiwis straight away and we loved, yeah, I was like, hey, (laughs) Um, and like, we already knew a couple of them because a couple of them on that team actually train in Australia. So like Michael Pickett swims in Brisbane, um, Amadika swims in Brisbane. So like, I already knew a couple of them and I was like, well, considering I know like a couple, this won't be that awkward. So I like went and sat and had breakfast. And I remember one of them was just like, why are you sitting with us? I was like, okay, see ya. <laughs> like, okay, I'm going to leave. <laughs> um, and then we went to the meet. And because I'd like already known a couple of the Americans, I was like, oh, like, it's fine. I'll just go talk to all of them. Um, And I'm the type of person that like, I'm really chatty, but then if I'm not like comfortable with you, like initially, then I get like real quiet and kind of like shy. But because I was already comfortable with some of the Americans, I was like, I was loud around them and then others would just come over. So I was like, oh, well, you're just going to have to cop it and hear me be loud. (laughs) Join the party. Yeah, why not? Um, But like, even in marshalling, even if people can't speak English, like I'll try and talk to them. I'm that person. Um, and it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Even if they can't speak English. Yeah, I, to, I think it was like maybe Russian. I don't know. I sat next to someone and I was just like, oh, hey, how are you? And they're like, <laughs> I was like, okay, next person, go talk to someone else. <laughs> yeah. Next. So, yeah, I think like that's one of the best things about junior teams as well is like it's a big meet when you're like a junior swimmer, but it's also like not like the end of the world. It's not the same equivalent as like an Olympic games or something where you're like a little bit more serious. But I think that's one of the things that I really enjoyed growing up is just going up and like speaking to people and like introducing myself and I'm not going to see them every day. So I'm not going to care if I like embarrass myself. Whereas if I embarrass myself in front of some of the Aussies, I'm on teams with them like, Oh no, they're going to remember that forever. 
that that makes a lot of sense and i think that's super cool that yeah. i i was i was never on junior teams like that but that that is really cool that like you said it's not the end of the world and so you can you can be a little more freer a little more social and just yeah. have a little more fun with your swimming just on a bigger stage yeah like some of my best friends now live like in the US, oh, like US, live in the UK, like just all over the place. Like there's some people I talk to from the UK, like almost every day. And then because I'm friends with one of them, like they'll introduce me to different people. And it's like kind of really cool how you just kind of get to like Olive Branch and meet different people, even if it's not in person and it's just online. Like you still get to make friends and like kind of compare your experiences and learn like slang from different countries overseas and all of that. Like I don't, had no idea what Peng meant in the UK, but apparently it's just like really great. And I'm like, we would never use that here. But then when we say like a Yui, like chuck a U-turn, it's just, they think it's weird, but it's fine. <laughs> chuck a U-turn, never heard that one. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's my favorite part about talking to, to non-USA citizens on podcasts <laughs> is, like, is picking up yeah. your slang. It's great. <laughs> Now I get to tell my friends I know how to chuck a Yui. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great. You've got to start it over there. You've got to make it a thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, guys, trust me. It's a thing. <laughs> All right. So <clears throat> getting off topic again. Uh, I want to talk about the distance mentality in Australia. Is is like I heard somewhere once that like the mile was the premier event for you guys. Is, is there truth to that at all? Um, I think in the males, it's like, because we've had so many Olympic champions in that event, like Ian Thorpe, like Grant Hackett, like all of them. Um, I think in the males, like more so now, but we, like in Australia, there was kind of like a lull in female distance swimming um, after like the 80, 90 kind of era. And it kind of went like through After my mom. <laughs> Yeah, after my mom quit. <laughs> um, no, but, like, we were so much more successful, like, as females in different, different events, like Stephanie Rice and Medley and Susie O'Neill and, like, our 4x2 relay in 2008, like, last time we've had a gold medal in the 4x2 for the women. And I think when we, when a, the female distance swimmers kind of, like, fizzled out a little, I'm not saying that they're not still amazing, like, through that period, but they weren't as successful as, like, Stephanie Rice and winning Olympic gold medals and setting world records. And you kind of just didn't hear about them as much. And yeah. I don't want to offend anyone by saying that because I still think all of the women that have come before me and like those distance events are most, the most incredible women ever. Like they set such a standard for us to kind of live up to now. And it's really exciting now that I'm kind of getting to that end of the freestyle distinct, like distance scale and being like, yeah, like I want to beat their times and I want to be just as good as they were, if not better. Um, but yeah, we do love distance swimming. Like, and I think now, that we're kind of coming back up. Like we have so many distance swimmers coming through in Australia right now, like Ariane Titmus, obviously. And then there's Kia Melverton and Maddie Goff and Karina Lee, like myself. There's so many that are coming through and swimming like 400 upwards. Like Jess Ashwood has retired now, but is one of the, like still holds Australian records in the 1500. And it's weird that it went from, it was kind of like Kylie Palmer, Jess Ashwood. And now there's just like so many of us vying for two spots in like events and senior teams and stuff and it's making it so much harder but yeah it's really cool and I think I don't know our sprint freestylers have been going really well as well like Kate Campbell and yeah it's weird I don't think that we'd have like just specifically distant swimmers but 
I think the men definitely tend to kind of keep going through the 1500 just because we've had so many like champions in that event. That, that does make sense. But I, you know, you said you were just a flyer and then by chance you kind of happened into distance. I mean, tell me about your relationship with distance swimming. Once that, once that happened, once you swam the 800 at nationals and you're like, Oh, okay. I mean, did you want to pick it up and did that, did that growing female culture of, you know, Australian distance swimming kind of help you or make you want to pursue it a little more? Um, yeah, I think so. So I always thought my mom was super cool for swimming those events, but I was like, that's just not going to be my thing. Um, and then, so the only, like one of the main reasons I loved butterfly when I was younger is like Jess Shipper and Susie O'Neill and, Chris Wright, who now I get to work with as a coach, like I specifically remember sitting on my couch upstairs and watching him swim his final, like at the Olympics. And like, he was one of the most like inspirational people for me because I was like, he's so awesome. Um, And then I accidentally did that. And I still knew like about the female, like distance icons anyway, like Tracy Wickham and all that sort of thing. Um, And the first time I started going to like distance, like 400 free was when I was like 14 and I was still pretty average and, like at the disc, like the freestyle side of it, but I was swimming like 102 or 103 hundred butterflies when I was like really young. So I just thought butterfly was going to be the avenue that I was going to take um, kind of through my swimming career. And I wanted to be like just Shipper or Emma McKeon or any of that sort of thing. And it kind of just turned it on its head, but I made my first like junior team for a distance event. And I was like, well, if I'm being really successful in this, like why wouldn't I kind of pursue it a little bit more and see where it takes me? And I didn't really, it's not that I've specialized now because I still don't know what event's my best event, but my butterfly, when I started swimming well, freestyle, like went backwards a little bit. Like I grew, I got really lanky and unco. (laughs) So my butterfly, I don't think I improved the year after like that 400 final. And then I saw the 800 and I still swam 200 fly sometimes. Like I swam at 217 or something when I was like 14 so I thought like that's just what it was going to end up doing um and then so yeah I did the 800 and qualified for nationals and I think that was one of my first national medals was medals was actually in like a distance freestyle I don't think I've ever medaled in butterfly now when I think about it but um and as I've gotten older I think I've enjoyed it a lot more like distance training is so much different and it's so hard but you get to the end of the set and you feel like accomplished I did a set up in Cairns and I think I had, I don't remember what it was. I think it was like 10 ones best average with hundreds at 1500 pace and something else before it. And it was short course. And I got to the end of like the 1500 pace ones and then had another 10 best average. And as I went through the set, my times got faster. And I think as like all distance swimmers know, you kind of get to that feeling where you feel really sick and feel like you can't keep going and then you get over it and it's a little bit euphoric and you're like, I want to see how fast like I can go and see how far I can push my body before I completely just give way. And I think that's one of the first times that I've realized that it's kind of like my event and I love doing that now. Like everyone in Foley squad say like I'm a glutton for punishment and that sort of thing. And it's only now that I'm kind of swimming 1500s and stuff that I'm enjoying the training for it as well like I used to absolutely hate training like didn't want to go only ever wanted to race and now I'm looking at like the other side of it and I'm like okay if I'm training really well I know I'm going to race well anyway that was great insight and uh that's a that's a 
that's a good i think that's a good place to end uh it's it seems like things are going well for you right now um heading into these next couple weeks couple months i'm guessing you might have some time off or at least time off of racing um but i think you guys' trials are in june yeah i think they're around my birthday june i think they're on the 12th so okay. my birthday is like the week before so i'll be 19 just before trials nice yeah, so so <laughs> so the next couple months uh what's on the agenda for you what are you looking forward to um obviously christmas friday i love like giving presents to people like i hate asking for things but i'm happy to go and buy someone something and be like i got this for you just because like i'm thinking of you mm-hmm. um i love christmas love new year's have a little bit of fun like i am 18 now so oh like drinking age over this 21 here it is like i'm allowed to go out <laughs> clubbing and like do all that stuff as a kid <laughs> i don't know if i should have said that but oh well it's going on anyway <laughs> Um, so we'll do that. I hopefully, so New South Wales have just had more COVID cases, which is like a little bit sad. So I'm from New South Wales and I'm not going to be able to see my pa, which is sad, or my mum's sister. Um, again, I haven't seen them since, since March when my nana passed away, which is a little bit um, sad, but hopefully I'll get to see them next year. We have meets, I think that start in like February. So there's Vic, Victorian, like state championships and New South Wales state championships, which are both long course as well. So that'll be like another good indicator going forward, looking like how I am positioned for trials, which is cool. Um, and yeah, birthdays, big move, like have to move all my stuff to the Gold Coast now, get to move in with one of my best friends. She doesn't swim, she kayaks. So like it's a little bit different. And like, we're both going through the same things. Like if I want to complain about training, she'll complain about training, but it's not like my whole life outside of pool is still like pool swimming because yeah. she doesn't pull them. So it's fine. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty excited going into next year. Hopefully everything starts looking up for everyone as well. Like I know the UK are back in like full lockdown and the U S is struggling a little bit with their cases and all the rest of it, but hopefully everything kind of starts looking up a little bit for everyone. We've been so, so lucky with how well like Australia's kind of dealt with it. I know Melbourne had a pretty big um, like, dilemma a couple months ago like no one was allowed in and out in or out of melbourne they went back into a second lockdown the athletes couldn't train because there was covid like everywhere but now that's all settled like new south wales i think only had 30 cases um at this point queensland have a couple but we're not struggling which is really nice that that is nice i wish i could say the same for my state not in that boat yet but like you said hopefully hopefully uh things will start to clear up um lonnie i really appreciate you taking the time to sit down and talk with me any parting thoughts before we sign off here today Uh, no really that's all thank you for the chat really appreciate it hope everyone else enjoys it as much as we have (laughs) you've been listening to the swim swam podcast Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swim Podcasts on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.